Hey, where's the lights? Somebody, turn the lights on. Hey, the show's starting. Get that, where's the switch? Hey, turn the switch on. Oh, woo, there we go. Now we got light. Man, I don't know what happened, boys and girls. So sorry that that happened. But hey, this is Pastor Randy Waters coming at you from Botkins, Ohio. So glad to see you out there in television land again this week. Man, I've been having so much fun all up in the house doing nothing. I mean, just sitting on the couch eating potato chips and Doritos and popcorn, watching all kinds of movies. How about you, huh? Now, you know me better than that. I don't do that. I've barely been at home. But kids, thank you again for coming back, watching us again. Listen, uh, we have at least 11 of you that put down believe with the dollar sign that are going to receive 50 believer bucks each when you get back to church. I have your names wrote down and you're going to get them. But it's only 11. Come on, you can do so much better than that. We got hundreds of kids that come here to Only Believe Ministries. So I want to see a better response from you this week. And I also want to congratulate who we got, Jake and Kristen Martin and Faith, for winning the $100 gift card for their Chalk the Walk contest. There's the picture right there with them. Hallelujah. Enjoy that awesome steak dinner with mashed potatoes and gravy and Caesar salad. Oh my gosh. And maybe a little A1 sauce. All right. So, okay, kids, let's get right into the message because I got a lot to talk to you about today. Um, and uh, if, if you have your Bibles, make sure you go get them and get them out because we are going to be talking about Saul sees the light. Saul sees the light. And so that was kind of fishy that the lights were off, you know, when I came in here and then they got turned on. I don't know. But anyhow. So we're going to start in Acts, the ninth chapter. Acts, the ninth chapter. So that's in the New Testament. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. How fitting is that? We had all the disciples. We had Jesus. He died, went to the cross, rose again. Boom. Now he's up in heaven. And another disciple comes on the scene. And this is Saul. But kind of like what they did to Jesus, man, Saul was doing to other people. Where we're going to start in the story is where Saul was a bad, bad dude. He was bad, man. He was persecuting Christians. He was killing Christians. He was arresting them. And yet he thought he was doing the right thing. And yet it was the wrong thing. And so we're going to start right here, probably in Acts 9, the ninth chapter. And we're going to go in verse 3. I hope you're there. All right. And it said, and he, which is Saul, journeyed and he came near Damascus. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly out there. I said suddenly a light shined from heaven. Yeah, a big bright light that just messed him up so bad. It was so bright that he fell down on his knees and on the ground and he was scared man the bible said that the boy was shaking and shivering yeah isn't that crazy all right adjust your eyes adjust your eyes so he was shaking and shivering and it says here that as he fell down he said jesus said saul saul why hast thou persecuted me and of course saul he said who art thou lord and the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Ha, it is hard for thee to kick against the goads. Well, I was reading that and I'm like, what? 
What in the world does that have to do with anything? It's hard to kick against the goads. Well, if you were, of course, were a Jew and you lived way back then, you would understand exactly what that means. And I want to show you right now because I think even most adults have no clue what that statement even means. And basically, what a goat is, is a long pole or stick, and it had a pointed piece of iron fastened to one end of it. So I think I have one right here. Can I please have a goad? And uh, let me see what this is. Wait a minute. What is this? This is, this is not a goad. This is a stick. Yes, I said it was a stick. And it, uh, they don't have a pointy steel end to it. Oh my gosh, help these days. What are you going to do, huh? All right, do you have anything else over there? Oh, let me see what you got here. What is this? Uh, okay, I guess this could be a stick, but... Holy Camaro! Okay. Woo! That is a pointy end. It is a long stick, but um, no, I don't think this is what the Bible was talking about either as being what a goad is. So, uh, sorry about that one. Do we have anything else? Do I have any? What is it? What we got here? What is What in God's tarnation is this thing? This thing is nasty. Uh, yeah, it's got a definitely pointy. Oh! Woo! That's pointy. Uh, no, I don't think this is a goad either. Uh, it's getting worse here. Do we have anything else? Remember, what did I say? I said a goad is a pull or a stick, and it just has just a pointed iron piece on the end. Do we have anything around here that has a pointed iron piece out here? Anything at all? Do we have something? Oh, what do we got? Oh, okay. Oh, well, this might be a little finely. This might be a little closer. It's a long stick, okay? It's got some wood on it, and it looks like here on the end, yeah. Woohoo! There is a little pointy piece of steel on the end. Can you see that, kids? Right there in your there screen? Yeah, that's a pointy end right there. That'd hurt, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Sure would. But I, I still don't think that this is exactly what we're talking about. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put one up on the screen right now for you. That that you're looking at right now, kids, is kind of what a goad would look like. Alright? And then this basically what it does is it helps the master guide or steer the ox when plowing fields or keeping the animal on the path. So that's what it does. That's what a goad does. Alright? But if the ox is stubborn, alright, if it's stubborn and kicks against the goad or that steel piece that's trying to keep him in line on the path or on the field, well, guess what? It causes more pain and more discomfort. All right? So well, what in the world does that all have to do with what happened right there with Saul and Jesus? When Jesus rebuked Saul for kicking against the goads, he was telling Saul that he was only hurting himself in resisting the truth and teachings of Jesus. Yes, he got Saul's attention because Jesus really compared Saul to an animal. Whoa, whoa, big time. Well, what does that mean? Well, listen, guys, you got to look back and see what Saul was. Saul was born a Jew. Yes, he was. But he was a Roman citizen. That's right. He had rights. As a Roman citizen, ha, I am this, and you are nothing but a puny little man. Yeah, and also, not only was he a Jew, not only was he a Roman citizen, 
But he had the intelligence and teachings and education of a Greek. In other words, he was homiletical, philosophical, homiletical, and homiletical. Yeah, he was very, very smart. So when Jesus compared him to an ox or an animal, woo, if he hadn't have been so scared, he'd have probably been pretty angry. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Then Jesus sent a guy by the name of Ananias to go minister to Saul. Ananias didn't want to do it because of the reputation that Saul had. Killing Christians, beating them, arresting them. Didn't want to do it. And sometimes, kids, there's some things in life that you're not going to want to do that God's going to tell you to go do. You have to use your faith, your F-A-I-T-H, and do it knowing that God is with you because he's called you to do it. So he went to this house, didn't want to do it. He laid hands on Saul, and the Bible says that whatever was over his eyes fell off, and he began to see. And the Bible says, and immediately, say immediately, kids. Okay, a little louder, I couldn't hear you. Say immediately. Okay, stand up and shout, because I still couldn't hear you, and say immediately. I still can't hear you. Uh, Andrew, why can't I hear the kids? Why? I don't think that's how the internet works. Okay, okay. Maybe the internet don't work like that. But I can see them and they can see me. No. No? no. Great. Well, I'm not going to tell you you did a good job because I couldn't hear you, okay? But in verse 20, the Bible says, And immediately he began to preach Christ into all the synagogues and everywhere he went. So it's like, boom, Saul became Paul, and immediately he changed. He changed. That's awesome. And this is where we hit the memory verse for the week. Really, this is not just a weekly memory verse. It's a lifelong memory verse. You should know this forever from this day forward. And that's found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And it says... When anyone lives in Christ, the new creation comes. The old is gone. The new is here. That is an amazing scripture verse. It doesn't make sense to the sinner, to people in the world. What? That makes no sense. But to you and I and people that have given their life to Jesus, it is amazing. And you think, well... How, how can we change? How did Saul change? Listen, change is awesome. Do you know anything in this world that changes? I do. Look, man, I live in Ohio, and man, sometimes change happens every day. It was snowing two days ago, and it was 60 degrees yesterday, and today it's raining. You know, so change happens. So now let me ask you this. Do you know any animals that change? Any animals at all? Think about that for a second. Because I'm thinking of just a few in my mind. For instance, the flamingo. Think about the flamingo. When it is born, it has absolutely no color to it. No, none. It's like a black and white television. It was gray. It had no color. Black and white television. Hmm. I'm sure you don't even know what that is. That is telling me I'm getting older. Yeah, okay. Anyhow, bad, bad idea. So anyhow, but they have no color. But then when they get old, look at them. They're beautiful. They're pink. What a change, right? Let's see, what else do I have wrote here that I was thinking about that changes? Ooh, I, what about the panda? 
Think of that beautiful panda that you see on TV and in the trees. And maybe you've even seen one in person. But when it's born, do you know what a panda looks like when it's born? It looks like a, a, it looks like a wet potato that's been peeled. I don't know any other way to say it. It's the ugliest looking thing you've ever seen. It's about the size of a potato as well. But when it grows up and gets older, it's 250 pounds of pure, lovable, teddy bear, huggable, kissable uh, uh, animal. All the fur, it's gorgeous. What a change, right? So, <laughs> but then, oh, hey, what about a walnut? You know in your yard, when you see them squirrels running around, they got that walnut in their mouth, and then they go and they bury it, and then they forget where they buried it? What does that walnut turn into? It turns into, or morphs into this amazing, huge oak tree. That is awesome! Until the fall. When thousands more of those walnuts hit your driveway and stain it dark black, and goes into your yards and ruins your dark green grass, and then you're running and playing football and you sprain your ankle because you fall over the walnuts that are all over the yard. And then you have to pay people to come and pick up the thousands and thousands of walnuts and you have no place to put them. And so you just put them in the garbage can. And then your garbage man tells you that I can't pick those up because it's like uh, perishable and it's just a mess. So when it comes to your life, all right, um, and you're not living a Christ-filled life, whether you're an adult, whether you're your child, grandparent, wherever you are, Jesus is continually knocking on the door of your heart. He is. And when every time you walk away, every time you say no, you know what? That is Jesus pricking your heart. That's what conviction is. It's a pricking. It's like you going against the goad. He's trying to help you and guide you, but you, of course, have the right to say no. You have the right to say, I don't care about this Jesus who died for me, died for my sins. You have that right. But yet it's hurting yourself, just like it was hurting Saul. And every time, bam, you go against the goad. It's hurting you. It's pricking you. But Jesus will never enter until you allow him to enter because that's the loving Christ that we serve. All right, he's never going to do anything and make you do anything that you will not want to do. So, when you receive Jesus as your personal Savior, number one, change takes place. All right, 2 Corinthians 5.17, our memory verse for life, says that. Old things become new. Old things are gone. Everything is new again. It's awesome. So the first thing is change takes place. All right, you can't help it. But then the second thing that happens is you become the light of the world. See, Paul saw the light, and then Paul became the light. And it, right, it reminded me of an old story. In 1907, all right, can you remember back that far, anybody? 1907, there was a man named Rabbi Sholem who lived in Germany, and he was called the lamplighter. The lamplighter. He walked in the dark streets carrying a flame at the end of a pool and he would light other people's lamps. What a job, huh? Lighting the streets up, lighting other people's lamps up. But a young man asked him one day, what if the lamp is in the desert? And the rabbi says, well, I will have to go out to the desert and light it. And then that young man asked him another question. 
Well, what if that lamp is out at sea? And the rabbi says, oh, I will have to take my clothes out. I will have to jump in and go light that lamp. Wow, that's crazy. So it was what the rabbi was carrying that lit everything. And so here's my final point to wrap this up today. Number one, have you been changed? Saul met Jesus and was changed. When you give your heart to Jesus, you will change. Your hate will become and change into love, right? Your out-of-control lifestyle will now become self-control. Your impatience will turn to patience, right? It's Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Spirit, because Jesus now comes in and changes you. His attributes become your attributes. That's why the, the hate and all the other stuff turns to love, joy, peace. That's right. Your sadness will turn to joy. So you will change. Change. And then, of course, are you the light? Are you the light of the world? If you are a Christian, just like that guy, that rabbi, your light should shine. Remember, Paul saw the light. He became the light. Are you a light to your family? Are you a light to your brother and sister? Are you a light to your relatives? Are you a light to all the people that you see around you? To the kids at school, your grandparents, your aunts, uncles, nephews. Are you a light? What you are carrying on the inside of you will light everything up around you.
Well, let your love light shine everywhere you go. Man, this is your love light. It, you can't hide it under a bushel, remember? You're supposed to let it go. You're supposed to let everybody know about it. But you know, I know what you're thinking. You know, Pastor Randy, I do, but sometimes people are mean, they're nasty, they don't want to hear about Jesus, they don't care. I get it, and it's okay. You just do what you do. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, hey, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. And did Jesus ever put out his light? Never did. He said, just shake it off and move on. And that's what you have to do. Shake it off, because you're going to find people all throughout your life that is going to try to do what? They're going to try to take your light out. But, listen, don't let it happen. Don't get discouraged because Jesus is always with you. Always with you. And you know what's going to happen? Guess what? Your light is always going to shine. No matter who tries to blow it out, no matter what happens, your friends, your relatives, Jesus ain't real, the Bible ain't real, it doesn't matter. No way. It is real. Don't let people blow out your light. It's okay because Jesus is with you and that light will always be there with you. Amen? Amen? Woohoo! That's awesome! Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to blow out the light. I, I'm going to blow it out. But kids, there's one thing that you don't ever want to do. You don't ever want to get prideful. You don't ever want to get arrogant and you definitely don't want to shine your light on yourself. Oh my goodness. No, see kids, when you shine your light on yourself, the Bible says that pride comes before a great fall. Alright, so keep the light shining from you. Not be the spotlight, okay? Wow. Alright, well let's pray. Alright, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you right now. And God, I thank you for this message, God. I thank you for giving us examples of the Bible that we can follow. Lord, we thank you for Saul, God, hallelujah, seeing your light and then becoming the light and changing, morphing into somebody that was awesome and did so much for you in the New Testament and led thousands upon thousands of people to you. And God, I speak to people out here today, kids, families, parents, whoever you are out there. God, I know that you are prodding them, God. God, I thank you, you are pricking their heart. Lord God, right now, and today is the day of salvation. If you have not given your life to Christ, today is your day. Receive him as your personal savior right now, because there may not be a tomorrow. You're not even guaranteed tomorrow. Today's the day. Father, I thank you for those people right now. God, that they will receive you as their savior today. And God, for those that have have you, those that are the light, God, I ask that you give them boldness, boldness, Lord Jesus, to go and share your word. They are the light, Lord God. They have the love and joy and the peace. God, I thank you. They're sharing that light. They're not going to be ashamed of you in any way. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for souls being saved all around the world, Father, through this television screen. God, we give you praise for it today. You get all the glory. You get all the light. You get all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen and amen. Woo! Well, hallelujah. Listen, if you've given your life to Jesus for the very first time, please put it down there in the comments. We have something that we want to give you today. I'll send it to you. 
It's a cool little packet letting you know what's next on your awesome road to salvation and your life in Jesus Christ because we love you, we care about you, we miss you guys so much. Can't wait to see you. But thank God you're listening and we can talk by this way. Listen, prayer has no bounds, right? It doesn't have any bounds and neither does faith and neither does Jesus. And we love you guys, we care about y'all and we'll see you next week. Bye.